Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So let's stick to the good news about the MLB wildcard round. Uh, and we'll just ignore the fact that the Twins are now on a, an 18-game playoff losing streak. <laughs> yep. So I think people are just going to have to believe us on this, but I'll tell you that we picked Rays, Yankees, Astros, Dodgers, Cardinals, Cubs, Sox, Braves, and we were correct about five of those eight. And... I felt after game one, I felt pretty good about the White Sox and the cards. Um, Same. The Cubs, I think it was pretty clear they did not show up. Well, the Cubs, the Cubs bats had just gone dormant over the last two weeks of the season, and that didn't change once they got to the playoffs. Yeah. Five out of eight. Five out of eight. It feels pretty good. You're always going to have that one series that just goes, who knows, in an opposite direction than you expected. I think Two I, thought, I thought that was the White chances. Sox and, and A's for me. What do you mean? I I really thought the White Sox were going to win that. <clears throat> well, they won one game. Sure. Cubs didn't win a single game. Oh, good point. That yeah. But Chicago looked. I mean, they they won one game and they were in two games. Right? Were they? Yep. Didn't were they? So, but. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what to make of all this heading. I feel, okay, I mean, we're headed to our divisional series picks, and I, I feel more confident in these because we've seen these teams in the playoffs already. So we picked Astros, Rays, Braves, Dodgers. This is our accountability time so that next week we can <laughs> we can revisit this. It's nice that, that we've synced up our podcast to be at the start of every series. <laughs> it's good. It's, a, it's good timing. Which do you feel the best about? Which do you feel the worst about? Uh, best is Dodgers, hands down. Um, so I, I think Ooh, in, in order of confidence, I go Dodgers, Braves, Big Gap, Rays, Mini Gap, Astros. That's interesting because I actually, my, here's that I feel. I feel the best about the Braves because I, okay. I mean, come on, that Marlins team. I can't believe that it got, it's here right now. Um, so it's a little bit less about how good the Braves are, which is good versus, uh, versus how good the Dodgers are, which is really good. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the Marlins are the, can't, can't do anything. I mean, why, why do you feel like the Marlins and the Padres are materially different? <laughs> well, cause the Marlins, they, they, if you look at the Padres on paper, there are some players where you're like, "Wow, if he if he really lights it up, this is this is going to be a series." Sure. Versus the Marlins, okay. there I there's no one that I'm like I'm I'm too concerned about. It's a it's a team that next year could be kind of fun to get to 500. 
the other other thing that I want to bring up in a totally different sport is that the scoring binge in the EPL is insane this year. And we are not the first people to note this. But this weekend did it no favors. These these are baseball scores, and some know, of them. I know. What? What? I did. Ha, what happened in? Man, you got a player sent Aston off. Via. Man, you got a player sent off in the twenty eighth right. minute. And and Tottenham just took him to Jose Mourinho took him to town. But yeah. the 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 Aston Villa scoring scoring seven on Liverpool. Like where where did that come from? I do, I don't even. I saw that score and I was like. Oh yeah, Liverpool won seven two, and <laughs> wait, no, wait, 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 wait. No, they lost seven two. What happened? I don't know. I don't Your know if it was just like super warm from playing in the middle of the week or what. I mean, <laughs> pissed off about losing to Stoke. Apparently, <laughs> I mean, it was just like you guys could probably could have spread these goals out over a couple games. I mean, <laughs> yeah. How do you lose to Stoke? And then three days later, turn around. Hang seven on Liverpool. I know. <laughs> I know. All right. As promised, this week we're going to talk about TGFBI, do a little bit of postmortem, look ahead for a little bit of what else we're doing with the postmortem with some analysis tools going forward. I think you had a chance to pull down the repository that I posted for TGFBI. Is that right? I did. And on the computer that's running Python 3. So we should be good to go. Yeah, I'm, I will not apologize for using Python 3 in this circumstance. <laughs> no, no, there's no reason to apologize. Though I would say most of this would work. <laughs> okay, fair enough. The only thing that's in the repository right now, uh, which I shouldn't, I shouldn't minimize it by saying the, the, only, the only thing, is that we, uh, I pulled down the weekly category stats from TGFBI this year across all 390 teams. And one of the things that I like to do that we did last year was look at correlations between every stat for all teams and see what sort of fundamental relationships cropped up. This is a really complex data set because it's it's 15 teams in a league. So you've got a ton of overlap. You've got mixing all these pieces together. So in a lot of ways, it's remarkable to me that you do pull out correlations when every player is duplicated 21 times or something. Yeah, you're always you're always a little bit more concerned about that than I am. Not concerned. I just I there's another interesting angle to this data that I haven't figured out how to um, address that yet. And this is actually what we I, what I think you were working on a little bit last year and something that I want to look at again this year, which was, remember last year we looked at the similarity index between teams. Right. And we we will obtain that data soon. And the similarity index is really interesting. Like what team do you most resemble and how similar were your stats to that team? I mean, that gets to the question of like, how big of a difference does one single player make in TGFBI? Can one player make or break? Is every team? I don't. I don't even know who the who, who the person is this year. Uh, who could could have dominated? Well, it's, it's anyone we talked to was, the bet box, right? Who was it that had uh, Nelson Cruz had sixty RBIs or something? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, if if you prorate that to a season, it's like one hundred and eighty RBIs. And you're like, oh, well, how do you do that? <laughs> it's like that wouldn't have happened. Right. 
But that's all kind of a little future looking. If we're going to restrict ourselves to what we have this week, it's interesting correlations, but we don't necessarily need to talk about that because we've talked about that extensively elsewhere. But I thought we'd talk a little bit about how a winning team is constructed and in terms of stats accumulated and then how uh, how our teams <laughs> were constructed and what what that meant for us. So a, a big congrats to Kevin Hastings here who won TGFBI this year and really ran away with it. I mean, if you look back through the weeks, he was leading every week. I, yeah, I noticed his name really early on and then I was like, just, you're just going to stay up there, aren't you? But if you look at his accumulated stats, the reason that he stayed up there is obvious and it's the exact thing that we've talked about before, which is he just racked up at bats and innings pitched yeah he had an enviable team on the at bat side for certain i mean a truly a truly unbelievable i mean somebody has to win the at bats for sure but he's way out there in the tail of the distribution in terms of how many at bats he accumulated yeah it is it is astounding this is what i did last year on the at bat side was just pull them down and then you're going to you're going to accumulate runs and RBIs that way. But as you can see, look, his home runs were good, but not in the tail of the distribution the same way the RBIs and runs were. Right. Stolen bases were decent, but not in the same category. His average, what's interesting is average. Um, what I did last year, because I, I had a pretty good hitting year except for stolen bases, my average was was really good because guys that get a lot of at bats are going to have high average right yep you know that's those should be i think that those are those are those are correlated as as we've seen a little bit but um if you're going to do really well just have to be matched up but he paired this all with good pitching which i i couldn't do the year before well, but he paired it all with a with not our strategy. strategy, which is something that we should talk about, right? I mean, because he's also up here pushing the not quite into the tail of innings pitched, but he's quite a bit up there. And as we know, I mean, as we know from looking at the correlation plots, K's and not and innings pitched are the number one correlation. It's interesting putting the innings pitched over the at-bats, how they're generally similar, but innings pitched is very peaked. Yeah, there's more of a plateau in at-bats for sure. Um, yeah. the inning, innings pitched is is quite peaked, um, which is interesting when you get to when we talk about both of ours <laughs> in a minute. But I think, so I mean... I, I don't know. I'm worried that we have to give up on the controlling innings pitch strategy and just recognize that in a TGFBI format, that just isn't going to cut it for us. Nope. I don't think that you can in a full season. We, we can't do that in a full season roto. Yeah, he racked up a totally pedestrian number of saves. Um Really? Yeah, this year was, I, I, I mean, that saves and to a lesser extent stolen bases were off this year. Sure. 
No, totally agree. But I guess I guess this I'm coming to the same conclusion that we developed last year, which was you to win, you need to be elite in a few categories, but you can be totally average in three to four. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of average to slightly above, which is he was he was slightly above average in a lot of in stolen bases saves. Sort of whip, right? So it's so it's worth rem, it's worth remembering. I guess my point is like it's worth <clears> remembering <throat> that when you're going to construct your team, like yes, you have to be elite in a couple categories. Um, he maximized the chances of being elite by just getting as many at bats as inning efficient as possible. Um, but you uh-huh. can but you can have a couple of categories where you're you're not elite. And if we turn to to ours. <laughs> Here you can see um, you can see what an average distribution looks like in mine, which is right in the middle, and you see actually the opposite here, which is I actually am elite. You are at bats, home runs, runs, average, two lesser ex- oh K's saves, wins. You're so close to average, Mister Average here. Everything except for stolen bases. So I have to give up on my. Desire to be elite in stolen bases. Well, I think that that's part of the thing here is that you can't win stolen bases in the draft. You can't, you can't be above average with stolen bases in the draft and not trade something on the on the other categories. And in my cases, I traded a bunch of things. <laughs> RBIs. RBIs were the. I mean, the I feel like yeah. you see your f- distance from the center. <laughs> the center that you've established for yourself in every other category, which is somewhere around like what 55th percentile, right? And basically every other category outside of uh, RBIs and stolen bases, you can almost see how far you are from that. That 55 percentile in RBIs is then added yeah. in stolen bases. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like the exact inverse. Like, well, that's. You directly trade it. And I think most of that, most of that is pinned to the draft and just a, a poor drafting strategy in the context of this Roto League. And what we keep on seeing more and more is that stolen bases aren't tied to runs. That correlation is really They're weird. not tethered to runs. If we look at your team, like we see, we see, you know, we're actually quite similar in average in a lot of these things, but your innings pitched really hurt you and so we see we see what it looks like i don't think like these distributions don't look that different mine versus yours but for some reason just even that little shift in all of these takes this from a 55th percentile team to a 30th percentile team yeah well i mean i think that the the two big things um the two biggest things that I can say, like even just even ignoring the innings pitched, which is like just ignoring the innings pitched. I didn't have closers based on my strategy. I did not have closers. I lost Kirby Yates really early, and none of the guys that I picked up, who in usual eighth inning guys, none of the guys that I picked up ended up being closers by the end of the season. Which killed me. 
um, that has that worked really well. It, that that usually works really well because it's a sixty game season. There wasn't enough time for this to like the Devin Williams to end up having the month long shot where he ended up getting six or seven um, saves. James Hoyt, Josh Stillmont, they were guys that would have in a hundred uh, hundred and sixty game season probably gotten that month or so of saves and then also my average was terrible your average was really bad really bad and that really that directly hit and hurt my bats yeah it's true i mean so but ironically you got you accumulated more bats than i did sure (laughs) in in all of this which is which i which i find to be pretty funny because i I mean, it's there. There was some at bat mismanagement on on the part of my team, but did I barely beat you in RBIs? Yeah, but yeah, barely the, beat you in RBIs. But it, I mean, a two thirty five average, which is basically what your team ended up with, it's just so low. Yeah, there's some reason for that. Um, I a little bit was mismanagement, where it was just like I'd have a guy who I'd always have like. I'd be picking between three guys, and then the one of them would be on the bench. The guy who was actually did anything would be on the bench, and then I'd put him in the lineup. And the next week, he'd be like, "Oh, he's off. He's done." It's a ma- major gambler's fallacy. Well, he was doing well, so he must continue to do well. Or this guy was doing poorly, so he will do well. Next year that we do this, I think that we need to. Our goal should be that we should win at bats and innings pitched, which are both not stats. <laughs> Right, right. They're not. They're not stats. Yeah. But I mean, this. Right. I guess. I guess this is. We should have prefaced this by saying, you know, at bats and innings pitch aren't stats, but it, they're incredibly predictive in terms of how well you do. Let's just win them. I'll put it. I will put down two separate bet box bets. Oh well, it'll. I want it to end up being. Yeah, we'll do. It'll be two. I am going to win more. Uh, win at bats next year in TGFBI you're, if it happens. You're going to win at bats next year. Again, against you. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like in a, like, in a universe is, of two. It is incredible. Uh, well, that, that's interesting because it, it just turns TGFBI then into a personal competition where we're both trying to maximize at bats, but it also means that we'll do well in TGFBI. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I will win it innings pitched in this universe. You're of better. Two. You're better at predicting innings pitched than I am. I am. I do not consider myself to be very skillful at all in forecasting the actual number of innings that pitchers will get. I think that about brings us to the review session. Cards bullpen, Giovanni Gallegos, and Andrew Miller. Technically, I suppose to complete it, we should have reviewed more cards relievers, but I'm happy with these two, mostly because I actually want to review Andrew Miller I like to check in with him and every once in a while because I like to see yeah. if he's is he actually a useful fantasy tool like what happened to that dude from that from his elite seasons <laughs> and then there's yeah. kind of a like well they're also throwing saves at Gallegos so maybe we should talk about that guy I like Gallegos a lot and what's funny is I hadn't really looked at him um, this closely just kind of in data space <laughs> he what's yeah, funny go ahead. I quick. If you were to take, if you were to hear the names Giovanni Gallegos and Andrew Miller, <laughs> you'd probably and you take the faces off them and just watch the bodies pitch. 
I'd probably switch them. I would have guessed Giovanni is the um, southpaw with like a really wide open kind of pitch delivery. And Gallegos is just like villain in a kid's movie kind of (laughs) pitcher approach. I I love that description. I you know I find the two of them to be fascinating to look at because of how like weirdly similar they are in stats. In stat space, but they're on the opposite um, opposite deliveries. Opposite right? deliveries, but they're but they're what they materially turn up in stats is very similar. I mean, if you look at the two of them, they 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 have this same pitch distribution in that they throw. They throw a lot of sliders, which is which is anomalous for closers, I should say. They throw a lot of sliders, and their fastball is really their second pitch. Mm. Wow. Well, t- I mean, for Gallegos, it's like 50-49. Sure. Yes. I Yeah, I agree with that. But that's, that's still weird for a closer pitch breakdown. I mean, the pitch that he threw more times this year was 85 miles an hour. <laughs> True. So Wow, that is... They both ended up with four saves. <laughs> like, the st- first of all, the stats are kind of freakishly similar. They both pitched in 16 games. They both <laughs> they both got four saves. They had K per nines of 11.08 for, uh, for Miller, and then uh, 12.6 for Gallegos. These guys are really similar. <laughs> like, what am I missing here? Like, the delivery looks totally different, but in terms of outcomes, they're really similar. In terms of outcomes, they're really similar. That's, wow, the, I guess, Gagos has more of an up and down. Because I'm looking spatially. I'm looking at the distribution in StatCast. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, it's pretty interesting. It's just, like, downwards. Uh, you can see... I'm, <laughs> It's got more of an XY, not XY, a uh, vertical distribution. An X, XZ type distribution. I think we can call that Z. Uh, sure. And then Andrew Miller's slider is um, a little bit more horizontal as distribution. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess they're sort of similar once you when you look at them in 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 data space. It is f- fun looking at watching the two pitchers how different they are. How different the deliveries come in. Yeah. And I think I I actually kind of like the Cardinals bullpen usage in the sense that recognize that these two pitchers are so different. We should use them when the situation dictates which one of them we should use. Obviously, it's a nightmare for fantasy owners. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's uh, It's just terrible. But I don't think that <clears> – <throat> I think that their hope is that long-term Gallegos is guy because Andrew Miller is um, older and has shown some wear over the last couple Andrew- of years. I guess he's not that much older. No, Holy he's five moly. years older. I mean, this this is my whole point, though, is that, like, Miller – Well, I was thinking Gallegos was 24. Oh, no, no, no. And he's no. 29. <laughs> Miller is – I. <laughs> Miller's kind of over from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. I, which last two years, last two years he was in the fours for ERA, which is terrible for a reliever. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't know what to, uh, yeah. He just really fell off after that 20, 2017 season. Cause he got overused in Cleveland. I don't know. He threw the same number of pitches in 29, 
similar number of pitches in 2019 versus 2017. He was used pretty heavily in 2016 in the postseason. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. I, I guess my point is like, I actually feel like Andrew Miller is over in fantasy. Yes. And my question then is, is Gallegos interesting in fantasy? It's obvious that they're. It's obvious that the Cardinals, if they retain these guys, are grooming Gallegos to be the closer. I think so. I think that he is interesting. And this was a. I think this was a totally. Um, I think that this was a good year in the progression towards being a top ten closer, which is to say. I was just going to say that he's got to do it in the next year or two, though. I mean, I think he very well might do it next year. I would, I would probably draft him, assuming that as long as the he's in the conversation for closer in um, February and March, even if he doesn't have the opening day job, if he's in the conversation for it, even if they say like at the very like last day, it's like, okay, well, you know, Andrew Miller is going to be the closer this year. I'd probably be like, eh, well, Giovanni's probably going to end up with a job. As long as there's no one who's clearly ahead of them, if they trade for Bryce Iglesias, if there's someone who's clearly ahead of them, I would probably stay away. But I think that Giovanni is going to end up the closer for the majority of the 2021 season. And I would like that. Mm-hmm. I I agree with that. I There's a couple of things that worry me in that he doesn't, he doesn't have a very, he doesn't have a super closer mix distribution of pitches. And I, I don't, I don't love that, but, but that said, it's hard to argue with the numbers when he's still, when he's still getting it done in terms of K rate and his K rate, this year was high, but it's not anomalously so. So uh, I think that if they just switch him to, well, if he throws that fastball, that fastball isn't, if he throws that fastball more like 60% of the time and that slider less often, I think that that starts to do something. But yeah, four seam fastball, that has a lot of spin. Yeah, it does have a good amount of spin. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's certainly getting the whiffs and... Yeah, I I actually am inclined to agree with you that Gallegos is is going to be a good pickup next year, but got to really watch what's happening in the Cards bullpen because they've obviously demonstrated that they don't feel any allegiance to the any traditional closer one role. single person. Yeah, so it's going to be a real challenge for us, but a good source of pickup saves probably on the cheap. Yeah, no, I I definitely have him in the back of my head as. Um as a player that I think could end the year as a top 10 closer, who you're going to get outside of the top 10. <laughs> yeah, definitely get him outside of the top 10. I think it's also, it is also just a circle back to what you, you started with. He is weird to watch. <laughs> he doesn't, he's kind of like, I don't know. He's, he's sort of noodly out there. Gallegos. Yeah. He's, he's got that like crap, crack the whip kind of, the delivery would you know that i don't know he just does seem like the 90s um villain <laughs> yeah uh yeah yep who do you want to talk about next week should we pick someone in the playoffs <laughs> do we want to do the lana bullpen oh my goodness um i don't see why not and melanson is the named closer right yeah i i believe so if he's still in the roster if not hurt yeah, let's let's do let's stick with the the bullpen wrinkle. Let's review Melanson, but keep an eye out for I guess 
Well, I guess Shane Green and Will Smith are both interesting. <laughs> oh, Shane, that's Will- where, yeah, that's where Shane Green ended up. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah!